Hey everybody, welcome back to The Discussion Phase, a board gaming podcast where we take a break from playing the games we love to talk about the games we love. I'm your host, Brady. And I'm Matthew. And today on the show, we've got two guests, Stephen and John. Say hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hello. All right. On today's show and our main topic, we're going to be talking about our top 10 games with a pasted on theme or tacked on or bolted on or whatever you want to say. And then we're going to be checking into our March Madness to find out who made it to the final two. (laughs) So as always, stick around and buckle up. So, gentlemen, you know, we're kind of getting used to having more people on the podcast now, Brady. I'm enjoying it. I know. I feel like three and four is a pretty good number. Plus, uh, with the way we did this pub meeple battle last week, we had several tiebreakers, and so I just wanted to have more tiebreakers. That's That was my plan. Yeah. So what's everyone been up to the past week? I know we most of the time we're always playing games together, but um, what's some interesting plays y'all have gotten in? You want to go, Steven? You want me to go? Um. So this past week, I actually got to introduce John to one of my favorite games of all time. It's also my favorite uh, one-versus-one head-to-head dueler, and that is BattleCon. So John, what did you think of BattleCon? I really liked it. Um, So Steven and I have played a handful of um, Exceed, um, a few rounds of that, and this was kind of like, in my opinion, a step up. It was a little bit more thinky than Exceed was, I think. and I really enjoyed how you could make the, what is it called, beats, where you would match up a card in like a style. Um, and Steven, of course, beat the crap out of me. Uh, and it was a, a pretty embarrassing loss. But I really enjoyed the theme of it. And it seemed like there was quite a lot of stuff that um, would add replayability. But the idea that you know exactly what's in your opponent's hand kind of transitions the game from being a, a card drawer, like a card flip of, of luck, to um, having another element of strategy, which I thought was a really cool component. So the theme of BattleCon, for anyone unfamiliar with it, is it is a simulation of a um, fighting video game like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat or Super Smash Brothers. Ooh, and, I yeah, love Super Smash Brothers. Trigger words. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the thing that I really love about it is it um, kind of takes the fun, the mind games of those types of uh, games and um, separates them from the reflexes. Because to be really good in those games, you have to memorize intricate combos and you have to have laser-fast reflexes. Um, and you got to have broken characters with or, yeah, a lot of super armor. Or be Matthew armor. and just hit the B button. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I've played it once with you, Steven. I think that was definitely the feeling that I got is that you. I definitely felt like, man, to really get the most out of your character and all of his abilities, you really needed to know how all that worked to even have a fighting chance going up. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because then it's a game where you can grow, you can practice, you can get better at, you can experiment more in, but it's hard for an entry point versus like a game we played uh, the other night, Core Worlds, where even though um, it's kind of an engine builder or your deck builder, you know, a lot of cards have text on them, but they're still familiar enough and similar enough to where I never felt, I played it once before with you way back in 2019. So it was almost like playing it new all again, but even though there was a lot going on, I never felt like I needed to know everything and every deck coming up to even stand a chance. Um, I remember we played a game, Eminent Domain, a while back. Uh, John, you weren't in the group at the time, but Brady was there and played. It was another kind of deck builder in space. Um, but even something as simple as Eminent Domain, I still felt like 
man, to really even have an idea of what direction to go, I need to have like knowledge on a lot of these cards to even really get going and then actually feel like I even have a chance of playing the game at a competitive level. Right. That is kind of one of the tricky things about this game. And it's something I've kind of noticed about a lot of the games that I enjoy is that the skill ceiling is very high. So there is a lot of growth that you as an individual player can do um, learning about the game. It also makes it really hard for me to introduce these games to people because I either have to um, really handicap myself or um, just introduce it to two new people and let them go at it. Because BattleCon especially is a game where if you and your opponent are at a similar skill level, it's great. Whether you are both beginners or both kind of intermediate level or if you're both very advanced, it's fantastic. But if you end up with a very large kind of skill disparity, then nobody's having, you know, a great time with it. And, and I still enjoyed our play, even though obviously there was a larger skill gap. I thought I had you on the ropes uh, on the first turn where I pulled off a, you know, a great move and moved past your character, got some extra damage, got to use one of my special uh, abilities, but then it all kind of fell apart after that. I don't think I, I hit you again, but um, I could definitely see how with repeat plays, you kind of get familiar with. Uh, it's helpful because there's those basic cards, right? That, um, you know, the dash, the strike, the the shot, those kinds of things that everyone's going to have. And so you really just need to learn. Um, thankfully, there's a nice little reference card as well. What those modifiers that your opponent has and then the strategy I can just see gets deeper from there. What was my one piece of advice, John? Uh, lose quickly. I don't remember. Don't let Steven corner you on the board because if you get cornered and backed up, you're not going anywhere. Listen, there's there's no escape. <laughs> it's just like Smash Bros. You got to stay in the center of the map. You got to try to control True. the board. Uh, but Brady, that was your first play of Core Worlds. What did you think of it when we played it the other day? It was just the three of us, Steven, uh, myself, and you. Um, I think Core Worlds was is just another like perfect encapsulation of these like poorly graphic design space games. So I think like anytime I see a, a space game like this, it just um, like I don't know. It, I I kind of get these initial impressions that are probably wrong about the game, but the fact that they just look so bad um, just doesn't do anything for me for, for the gameplay. The gameplay, um, as far as deck building goes, was uh, was okay. There was a lot of, I kind of agree with you, Matthew, there's a lot of text on the cards, and I felt like I either had to spend a lot of time like reading every card and fully understanding it, or just kind of being okay with not being as competitive in the game. Um, I, I will say... Uh, a game that Steven brought in another deck building game was Eternal and it was sort of like this deck building game where you're fighting your neighbor um, and it was sort of like a, a deck building version of something like Magic the Gathering um, and it, so it was set in like this fantasy universe uh, so it probably looked a little better which I think helped it but I, I do I actually liked that level of player interaction I think it it was a pretty unique deck builder that also just like worked like a lot of deck builders don't do. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that game as well. Unfortunately, I only played uh, for a couple minutes because Steven was to my right and uh, he was coming after me and had the unstoppable Yeti strategy. But Because yeah. um, you have this thing where you you are attacking the person on your left and defending the person on your on your right. And so you kind of have to make the decision of, about like reserving your characters to... Um, either or your your yeah your either characters or your, your monsters or whatever to either defend the person on your left or attack the person or defend the person on your right attack the person on your left, and so it was like a tight decision every time. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, that was good. 
Yeah, I'd definitely like to get that one played again because uh, I felt like you got to see the cards you acquired a decent amount. That's one thing that drives me up the wall about any kind of deck builder is, one, you don't get your cards cycled through enough to where it makes them even worthwhile to get, or two, they just don't really have really interesting effects. Um, and But this game, I thought that you definitely got them cycled through a decent amount. Uh, the same thing with Core Worlds. I enjoyed that because you got to have your cards cycled through um, but there's definitely a lot of tactics and strategies, and I definitely want to get to play it again. And the artwork was fantastic in it as well. Yeah. So another game I've been, or that we played recently um, that Matthew just seems to have like gone on this roller coaster of like he was super excited about it at first, and then after like I don't know two plays, he was like, "Yeah, this is a, the most boring game ever. It's not worth keeping." I played it at least stuff. four or five times now. And so we played it recently. I just adore the game. I think it is one of the most full package games that I've that I've come across recently, and that's the Lost Ruins of Arnak. Um, and I think like the gameplay isn't the most like revolutionary, and it's not even the most engaging, but it's it's good enough. And then the production of the game and the theme of the game. Um, is just on another level. And so I think that full and complete package just makes it a game that I um, would love to add to my collection, but now it's in two <laughs> other collections and it doesn't make sense for me to get it. Uh, just real quick, I think the thing that I think is, I don't dislike the game, but it's slowly kind of tampered, uh, tempered my enthusiasm is I think uh, it kind of suffers from not fully focusing on one main mechanic as being its backbone structure and then having additional mechanics around it. I feel like a little bit to its detriment is equal parts deck building, equal parts worker Work placement, equal part track. And so I think it suffers from a not having of one of either deck building or worker placement being its core thing and then structuring thing around it. Because you can't really, like the, I've tried several different strategies, like going full tech uh, or going full deck building or... Um, so right now, this is being compared to Dune, to Dune a lot. Dune and Runes of Arnak is kind of like, oh, oh, you get one of them. Which one would you rather play on any given day? And you guys can answer this question as well. Of the two of those, of the- I think I would personally rate Dune Imperium a little bit higher just yeah. because I really enjoy deck building. And I feel like the deck building has more significance in Dune and Yeah, it's like they're both worker placement deck building, but I feel like Dune feels like an actual worker placement game and an actual deck builder at the same time where I feel like Lost Runes isn't really a full worker placement and a full work at deck builder uh, because like last game we played, I tried like, man, I'm just going to focus on the deck building and really base my entire strategy around it. You just can't do it. You The only way to be competitive is your only strategic option is just to do a little bit of all three tech movement worker placement, and uh, deck building. So I feel like every time I played it, the only way to not even kind of optimal BGG strategy as we joke around all the time, but even just to be kind of competitive, you're forced into just doing a little bit of all three. There's not like like multiple ways to victory or whatever, right? No, everyone's doing the same thing at at relatively the same pace, same timing, Uh, whereas even though I've had some criticisms with Dune, like you, I haven't really thought about it, but asking me about those two games, Dune feels infinitely more like a deck builder and infinitely more like a worker placement, even though it has both of them and Lost Rooms of Arnak has both of them. I don't think it's a bad game. Um, I think that's just probably why I've soured a little bit on it. All right, John. You you own Dune, so give us give us your yeah, thoughts. Yeah, I, 
I've only played Lost Ruins of Arnak once, um, and I didn't go after whatever that technology or, or research track is up at the side, yeah. and I got smoked. So uh, it seems like that was a necessary component to to trying to be competitive. Um, but I also just really enjoyed Dune from a, a thematic um, perspective, too. I, I guess I enjoyed that theme more than that Indiana Jones-type um, Lost Ruins of Arnak theme. Uh, but I'd agree with both the things that Matthew and Steven had said. Uh, about the more complete version of, you know, the deck building, I think the cards feel a lot more impactful. Um, you can really create more combos. I think we were playing um, just the other night this week, and I had, you know, a good strategy where I was playing a lot of Bene Gesserit cards that, you know, bounced off of each other, and you have different combos you can build within your deck and kind of specify what you want to go after. Um, but Matthew, I remember the first podcast I was on was Top 5 Games for new players and you listed yeah, lost runes of that's Arnak what i'm saying he's like on one of your games it. uh for new players and, and based on your criticism i don't think you're saying it's a bad game but um would you still hold to that recommendation or what are your thoughts well absolutely because uh it's still great for an intro but you know we i feel our taste for the games that we like to get multiple plays out and really dig our teeth in like steven talks about like games that reward repeat plays and repeat um strategies and really trying to grow your ability to play the game, we enjoy more. Uh, and Lost Runes of Arnak is great. It just doesn't give a lot of growth. So it's great for as kind of a gateway or kind of that next step game because you do get to learn how deck builders work. You do get to learn about how uh, research work. tracks and worker placement works. You're just not going to be able to optimize, optimize it. Yeah. You're not going to, the game is not going to grow with you as a gamer and as your taste evolve, it has a very finite place, I think, in the transition of kind of Catan entry-level games to kind of that next step. I would re absolutely still recommend it, and I think it has a good place. It's just, it's not a game that it is going to grow, like I said, with your repeat plays, and you're going to feel like, I've seen everything, I've done everything, and I that's think, not necessarily a bad thing about the game. It's just yeah, understanding its it, limitations. It's it's a puzzle, and you're just kind of you're around the table, just trying to see who can solve the puzzle the best. Um, and I tend to like those games. And I think for me, when it comes to choosing between these two, my Euro gamerness pops out, and I just love that I can play Arnak, and people cannot get in my way or stop me from like more or less accomplishing what I want to mm -hmm. accomplish that, in the game. That ten point uh, victory. Uh... Yes, I have trigger. You do not had, love that. I I do not like that. It is a little lessened with Dune because you know you can continue to, you. That's just the end game trigger, mm -hmm. and you can continue to get points later. But I've had a couple of games that have been soured by some king making. I think that's I a do not fair like criticism that. too. Yeah. So, well, I've gotten a lot of games uh, in over the last week. I think I have thirteen plays in the last week and a half, and I think a lot wow. of that is. Uh, because I was in uh, in Tennessee, or, and we're all in Tennessee, I guess. I was in Nashville uh, visiting Caitlin's state. family, and that always means uh, some games with Byron. So shout out um, to Byron. I got to get Mythic Battles Pantheon uh, in, and these poor guys have had to listen to me um, texting them updates on every new, uh, I think we're up to like 31 new stretch goals on Ragnarok. And I think I've talked about almost every single one of them, but how much are they paying you at this point? Um, I wish, I wish I'm paying them a lot. So, um, <laughs> it was just really fun to finally a game. I've, you know, looked at and, and looked into a lot and I'm very excited, uh, you know, to have backed on Kickstarter to actually be able to, you know, play with the minis. And uh, I got to play two full games. We played a scenario one and we played one where we kind of drafted, um, our teams and it was a lot of fun it's not you know a euro game there's dice rolling but it's really satisfying to move around you know all these different gods and characters right like i had you know helios and prometheus and um 
Leonidas on my on my side. And it's just fun that the characters all have you know very unique abilities. Um, the the game plays pretty smoothly. It only took you know about forty five minutes or so to play, um, you know, a one on one game. So I'm even more excited now for. Um, the Kickstarter to come in whenever, you know, two years from now, uh, as my yeah, heart's going to be broken. Um, but the minis were awesome. It was just really fun to sit down and, and honestly just look through all the different character dashboards and read their abilities because I'm a huge fan of mythology. So that's something I got to play this weekend that I was uh, very happy with. So essentially at its core, it's like a miniature skirmish game. Yeah. And I think one of the things I'm most excited about is the 2v2 player modes because I've mentioned before when we're talking about uh, trick-taking games, I love that like cooperative yet competitive nature that you can get in a game. So at least for me, the 2v2 uh, battle mode option is what I'm looking forward most to it. That is to say whenever the game <laughs> does arrive, right? Yeah, and, and the unfortunate thing, I've heard that there's been some criticisms and I'm not exactly sure what all of them are about the 2v2 not being as as good as, as one-on-one, but I'm sure we could figure something out or we could try some crazy, you know, six-person free-for-all uh putting a couple maps together or something like that. But either way, I'm going to have a good time. I think I'm going to try to get into some painting with uh, with all the different troops and, and gods and, and you know monsters that they have. There should be a, a plethora of things for me to try. And, uh, John, whose family did you go and see? Oh, my, that was my girlfriend's family. Oh, my. Dancing. Every time. <laughs> I, I appreciate the love. I just want an opportunity to play that sound, sound clip again. All right. Um, so, and we also got in a couple of games, uh, a few games of the resistance with some more um, modules in that. So we won't, well, I won't talk too much about that, but it, it was nice to um, kind of get to play one of like the, the original social deduction game minus uh, like werewolf and mafia. Cause that's not really a game, but uh, yeah, it was, I don't know. We, we got really into the resistance. We had some really big hype moments. If you haven't gone back and played like the classic resistance, you need to do yourself a favor. Just shout out to Jacob for being uh, the greatest spy partner a man can ask for. Yeah. Yeah. And I did enjoy some of those. That was the first time I played with some of those models, like the plot. Um, what is it, Stephen? The, 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 the plot, plot thickens. The I plot think. thickens. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm so confused by how they sell it because my copy, which I bought like a long time ago, like already had that module in the game. And so I was, I don't know, I was really confused when. They Jacob may have simplified will, it, and then yeah. they just... Well, I think the copy that Jacob had was actually that's even a, older. Well, yeah. no, the okay. copy that Jacob has is the same copy I have. My copy of Resistance didn't come with that. I think that's how it comes now, because I've gotten mine within the past couple of years, huh. two or three years, and that's it's just base. There's no modules in it, um, I don't believe at all. I guess yeah. they figured if they split it up, they can get people to spend more <laughs> yeah. money. Make more money. <laughs> so here's, boxes. here's a game. Oh, people really love this. Let's just take it out and then wait a couple of years and sell this expansion. Yeah. They'll never know. That was actually the first time that I had really played Resistance in a uh, group like that. I had played it once or twice before. With some casuals. <laughs> yeah, with some, with some casuals. It is okay. <laughs> wait, is there an Inquisitor module in Resistance? Cause no, that's Q. 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 I might just get in the games kind of mix up in my mind because they are kind of there's the same people that make them right what's well, the yeah. same like thematic universe yeah but same it's, universe yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty light which kind of leads into our uh, main topic of tacked on themes <laughs> yeah to theme or not to theme uh, that is the question and today they we're going to be arguing on which games chose not to theme the hardest um, and so if you listen to our last week episode we kind of did our head to head battle of uh, top games with discussion phases and this week we're going to be doing it with games with the most tacked on theme and a uh, gentleman before we start i think it'd be good to kind of define at least our interpretation of what 
theme is. Um, I think first is like theme versus setting. Uh, a game can be set in this world or universe, but to me, theme is if you can d- explain rules and concepts and why you're doing things, mechanics in the game based on what is going on in the game's setting, that is theme. A good yeah. example of that is in Wingspan. Um, well, why do you want to lay these bir- uh, egg tokens on here? Well, you have to lay those on there so then you can spend them to hatch your birds when you play new ones, right? You have to get this food because your birds need it to eat when you play them. So instead of just talking about resource collection and action manipulation and tokens, no, these are bird food. These are bird eggs. They lead into new birds being played and stuff. And so that is a setting that is very thematic because it's used to explain the mechanics. And so these are games that have maybe cool settings, but they have nothing to do with the gameplay or anything like that. And they are good games. So we we tried to, or we, we did our best to play game or do games that we have played and that we enjoy. Um, yeah, so we we'll re- we would recommend heartedly some of this. Yeah. So we're gonna yeah, so we're gonna have these games. <laughs> uh, go head to head. The very first time these games are mentioned on our head to head list, we'll explain the game. But then on subsequent rounds, when these same games go head to head with another game we've already introduced, we'll just kind of go straight into arguing which one we're gonna go vote for, and then you know we're gonna lock in our votes as well, and hopefully have a pretty definitive ranking that is absolute and infallible yeah, for all the time. From the discussion phase. <laughs> Okay, yeah, and so we are using the Pub Meeple thing, so that just, we, we, we input the games into a list, and then Pub Meeple um, just puts two of those games beside each other, and we just simply select each one, and then after so many rounds of that, it will give us our list. So we're going to start off with round one. Here we go. We have Splendor versus Nidavellir. So, um, John, why don't you introduce Nidavellir? That one is your oh, game. Splendor is my game. I think Nidavellir is Matthews. Oh, well, I mean... Well, you Nidavellir is my game. Yeah, yeah. So do I want to... We'll flip it around. I'll introduce... No, no, no. What do you want to do? You can introduce Splendor. All right, all right. We'll do that. Because <laughs> I actually enjoy Splendor, and I'd be afraid you guys wouldn't give it uh, wouldn't give it its uh, fair shot in the in the sun. So Splendor is a game where, you know, you're collecting your little gems and buying cards out on the, the grid. And once you buy cards, they'll give you gems so you can buy bigger cards. But, um, you know, the reason this is on this list is is those could be anything, right? So the theme of, of the game, right, is you're gathering these gems so you can, you know, bribe, you know, powerful yeah, people be, and, and gain points but stones. they could be infinity stones i mean they could be ingredients and you could be baking cakes right like there's really no oh that one um, sounds good. Yeah. no idea you know behind what the theme is and really has no you're, you're either picking a card or you're taking you know two little tokens so there's not a true theme you're not compelled to do anything to matthew's point you can't teach the rules by saying you know this is what you would do if you're trying to you know craft something with these gems and build up a stock of them because the the theme really is just kind of tacked on um, to the gameplay which I enjoy it's obviously very simple uh, if you're looking for a game that's going to make you uh, think this isn't really it but um, it is enjoyable and easy to teach so and Nidavellir is also a game that's relatively simple and easy to teach but it is essentially um, set collection um, because there's beautiful artwork and all these cards and the theme is the setting is supposed to be your Vikings. You're trying to gather like Viking well, clans, your dwarves, dwarves, right? yeah, sorry, dwarves, dwarven Vikings, the theme dwarves. Right. It's important. You're trying to recruit fellow dwarven brethren into <laughs> your, uh, into your, uh, group. Um, but it's essentially all the groups are different colors. And if you get multiples of different colors, they score differently. So literally all you just need to do is look on the board and draft the color that you need, you get 
Like, um, like one of the mechanics is that for every purple you have, each purple is worth an additional point before the one before it. And there's a bunch of stuff like that. Then when you get a full rainbow of colors, which is one of each dwarf, you get to buy a special car, which may be more colors. So it's just color collection, and you're just trying to score the most points. And so it could literally be uh, My Little Pony. Uh, if you want it to no. be, and just rainbow no. and beautiful, collect your ponies, your pony army. Did, did you just list off two different My Little Ponies, rainbow and beautiful? You said, yeah, I, I'm assuming John, you would know. Um, <laughs> but uh, it could literally be collect the rainbows for the My Little Ponies, and when you got the entire rainbow, you get the super pony. Uh, right. But that's new to Lear. So, Stephen, I'm interested to see what you have to say because you're the most logical person here. So go go ahead. All right. The magic words here, by the way, are send it. So whenever you're ready to lock in that vote, you say now, send it. I do have a question. And I don't want, don't want to interrupt Stephen, but are we voting on which one has more of a tacked on theme or what the better game is? It's going to be a combination of both. Hey, oh, this is absolutely, this is the most tacked on theme. Like the, it may be a cool setting, but the most themeless, irrelevant, the most relevant setting or theme to the game. You're going to have to go with your heart a little bit on that one. I got you. Go ahead, Stephen. Sorry to interrupt. Well, I think out of these uh, couple of games here, I will say I've only played both of these once. Um, I did rather enjoy my play of Splendor. Um, I thought it was pretty simple. It's not a game that I would buy for myself and want to play a ton, but I was uh, playing with somebody very new to board gaming, and they actually had a great time with it. Afterwards, they were like, wow, that game was fun. Um, Nidavellir, I could never see myself introducing that to like a new person to the hobby. It's not super complex, but... You have this weird kind of um, auction draft thing that you do every round, which I do think is pretty neat. Yeah, it's a little um, bit of a next step. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a bit of complication with how the scoring works and what all the different dwarves do when you get a full rainbow set. Um, so I would have to go with uh, Splendor out of these two. Johnny Boy, what are you doing? Splendor, send it. Matthew. I'm voting for Nidavellir to be the most themeless game. Thank you. This one's a little bit of tough for me because I hate Splendor. It is the most boring game ever. It's but, a 3 out of 10 on my BGG ratings. Yeah, it's awful. But uh, Nidavellir, I just gen- it, it is a fun game. I just wish desperately that it had a better theme. Like They could have come up with something different than Dwarf Gathering. That is just so lame. The really like, okay. disappointing thing I think about Nidavellir 2 is you have these different colors that you are collecting. I think there's five different ones, but the dwarves on every one, they look basically the same, yeah, so they're th- not even distinct. It's bad. You could have done so much better. I mean, you're, right. going, you're going to That's a tiebreaker. That's a tiebreaker. You know? Matthew, roll the tiebreaker dice. We got some more... Oh, wow. We got some more juicy... Uh, here, wait, roll it again. Ooh. That is a six. We're going with ooh, the smallest box. Splendor. Splendor it is. Nidavellir. Is that two? Not a chance. Yeah, I don't know. I think we need to roll it again. Roll it again. Hang on, hang on. Wait, Nidavellir is like half the size. of. Yeah, the thing is Splendor is about an inch and a half thick and it's, it's, it's wider. Nidavellir, you got to fit the whole tray for the coins in it. I own Nidavellir. I'm telling you, it is not. Ten. It's. Injustice, ABC uh, alphabetical title, which goes okay. to Nidavellir. I'd like an asterisk to be on this vote, please. I think the people will know. The people will know. Okay, so um, I th- we got the next round. I'm going to introduce Century Spice Road. This is genuinely... Okay, well, first of all, this this one is the reason why I will never play Splendor again. 
Um, it is it does all the same things that Splendor does, is, except it just makes it a lot more interesting. You're instead of drafting uh, gems, you're drafting um, cards. So it's a little bit of a deck builder, but it's very um, entry level, and you're using um, like resources, whether they're little gems, if you're using the Golem edition, which is the better edition, um, to like fulfill these contracts. So it's very similar to Splendor, um, but uh, as a testament to how themeless it is, it has two different versions. Um, and so mechanics are no different, correct? No, no, it is a, the exact same game. And yeah, I, this is one that I love to introduce to new people. It's kind of my, my splendor replacer. And then of course the space game is clearly the one that, uh, Steven nominated for this list. Of course. So sidereal confluence trading and negotiation in the Elysian quadrant. Um, Say it again, please. The Elysian quadrant. (laughs) Just reverb in your head um it's a game about collecting colored cubes and pushing them through your converter and trading those colored cubes with other players i think on a reference card somewhere these uh cubes are supposed to represent things like there's a culture and a food cube but it you you just refer to them by their colors the whole time for blue cube white cube yellow cube it is a uh fantastic game i think um, the theme does, I would, I initially put this on there, but, um, the alien races themselves, the powers they have, I think are actually a little bit thematic. Um, what you're doing with the cubes and pushing them through the converters is just, you could have anything, yeah. but, uh, every like, alien how many race, of these games could we retheme into cake making? That's the question. We definitely could. I re- think anything where you're, components. where you're gathering resources <laughs> or ingredients or something. Somebody yeah. needs to get on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, Matthew and John, what are you thinking with these? Um, honestly, it's been so long that since I played Century Spice Road, but it reminded me, it's literally draft a card that has a respective yeah, resource they, or value they, they on have, it and cash those in for like point scoring cards. Well, they have uh, sort of like converters on them themselves. So it'll you play a card and it will convert, you know, three red cubes into three blue cubes or whatever the colors are. So they they're all kind of valued at different values. These are values. both so bad. Yeah. It's impossible well, to choose. No, I, I, yeah, yeah, go I think the only difference in these two games is like the, the color palette. One is more space color palette. The other one is more earthy trading in spices. Um, I'm going to vote for Sidereal Confluence because looking at the box, it looks like it's this big grandiose space game, but you're literally just pushing cubes and turning them to different color cubes and trading them, which I actually really enjoyed, but like, the last thing I was ever thinking about when we were playing this game is, man, I got to power up my my economy and get my culture going and get my fuel. Like, no, it's just colors and shapes. All right, so. John. Yeah, I'm going to have to say my vote would be Sidereal Confluence as well. And I actually haven't played Century Spice Road, but just based on the description. So maybe, you know, you don't count my vote. But um, Sidereal Confluence, I enjoyed as a game. Oh, we're right? counting your the, vote. The bargling and the haggling was a lot of fun. But again, uh, to Stephen's point, it could be anything that you're that you're trading, right? The, the fact that there's a reference sheet that I didn't even, you know, know existed, but also that had no impact on my strategy or my gameplay would, would push me to All Sidereal Confluence. All right, Stephen, are you going Sidereal Confluence? Well, if we are judging better game for sure, but if we are looking at the game with the most... Uh, lack of theme. Lack of theme. I think that's definitely Century Spice Road. The The theme is very light and sidereal, but it comes through in the asymmetric alien powers. So there are nine different alien races, and each one does something uh, pretty unique. Like there is one that are these kind of uh, 
I don't know, vagabond thieving jellyfish guys, and they run a protection racket. Uh, you've got these other kind of militaristic lizards who they represent that by they're able to acquire planets faster than other races. Of course, because they're lizards. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so if most uh, tacked on theme would definitely have to go to Century. Okay, yeah. So um, I can, I am too, as far, like you kind of lost me, number one at space, but also I am just way too stubborn to play Sidereal Confluence. Um, it's like you're trading for like the most minuscule of like profit or whatever. And I cannot handle that. I'm, I'm want big deals and all that stuff. So I'm going to go with century spice road, Matthew, roll the die here. Two. We're going to go with Brady's choice. So that is century spice road. Good. That's the one I wanted to win. All right. So the next ones are gizmos. Steven, why don't you introduce that? Yeah, so Gizmos is actually a pretty simple little engine builder kind of game. You have four colors of supposedly energy. There's red, blue, yellow, and black. Um, it could be anything. You are collecting this energy to make inventions or something. Um, who really knows? Maybe to enter into a science fair. Um, this this could be anything. could be cake making. could be a great <laughs> cake making game. It is very fun. I enjoy it as like an intro level uh, engine builder, but. All right. Theme. The other side is Royals. And I don't know that this one could make a great cake making game. So this one is essentially just like a, an area, a generic area control game in Europe, but you are. Brady, have you ever heard of cake wars? I never have. I'm pretty sure it's a reality TV show. It's literally a, where they're, they're fighting over cakes and territory. So. Absolutely. Cake territories? Hey, instead uh, cake, of like cake wars is not fighting over territory, but... Well, it is if we're going to make it into Royals. Like, this is this is New Jersey, Hoboken. This is where the cake boss is. Then someone in New York and New York pastries. All right, you know, so... Turf wars. In Royals, this one kind of killed... Uh, it kind of plays similar, in my mind, to uh, Ticket to Ride, because what you're doing, and it makes no thematic sense, but you're just collecting sets of cards in order to control different areas of the map. And um, thematically, it is kind of based off of like warring political factions, not even necessarily like um, like the countries and nations themselves, but more of like the shadowy figures behind all of those nations. Um, but really, you're just trying to control different areas to get these this really interesting point system, but it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense thematically. So, uh, John, where are you at with these? Yeah, I would have to say, um, for me, it's going to be Royals. But again, I haven't played Gizmos. Um, but even how Steven describes it, it seems like there's, you know, engine building. Even the name makes it sound like there's a little bit of theme. But uh, to your point on Royals, right, you're just, you're grabbing, oh, do I want, you know, this color card, this color card? Um, what area do I want to do? You're, you're not thinking like, oh, I need to recruit, you know, what is it, the Lord or the King or whatever, the, the, King, the yeah. because like there's some thematic value to it, right? No, it's a very objective. I need to try to take the cards that are going to give me the most points because, you know, this person hasn't gone for this color yet. It doesn't matter if it's France or Germany or, or wherever it is on the map, right? You're just not really paying attention to the theme. Well, maybe what you're actually doing in Royals is just collecting blackmail on all these uh, different yeah. Royals, and I'm you gotta collect a lot to wow. get the king. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go full send on Royals as being themeless, uh, because when I play Gizmos, I feel like I'm back in my senior year physics class making a Rube Goldberg machine, where it's one of those things where you set up all these devices and pieces, and when you 
trigger one that triggers the next that triggers the next and i feel like i'm doing a science project with these files and these folders and these conversions and uh so royals is literally grab a blue card grab a green card play a couple when you have some and that's it steven i'm gonna have to say i think gizmos has less of a theme like it's just it, it could be anything all right, I'm going with the Royals because it's one of my favorite games to introduce to people, and it has the perfect level of player interaction, and it's themeless. All right, the next one I will let uh, what Matthew or Stephen introduce Lorenzo, and John, you can introduce Pendulum. All right, so Lorenzo is a uh, Euro kind of engine-building worker placement uh, type of game. Every round you have four different workers and you send them out into these buildings to uh, collect these cards. Which They're towers. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. It yes. makes The sense. village. Yes. The village. You got to go pick up that village from the tower and bring it back to your estate. That makes sense now. I get it. Um, you also have these dice which represent, I guess, how buff your guys are. And to get to those really high levels of the towers, you got to send somebody, you know, like super buff to get way up there. Yes. Have you ever climbed a very high staircase? Or if they're not, not buff easy. enough, you can assemble a posse with like these servants and then send them all yeah, up together. The servants will carry them up. <laughs> and this carry one will make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, so you're really uh, selling this theme the for me. I know it's just, oh yeah, gripping. Yeah, and, and Pendulum is, uh, I'm going to use the term gimmicky uh, worker placement. I enjoyed uh, my my play of it. Um, Although I realized we realized halfway through we weren't quite playing it right, so it made it a little bit more of a thinky game. But um, effectively, what you're doing is you have a, a handful of workers and you're placing them on um, various worker locations that a timer is not on, and then that timer gets flipped and you uh, have your worker locked on. But but really, what you're doing is you're gathering a handful of different resources. There's money, there's um, like knowledge and uh, influence or something like that. Um, but there really wasn't, you know, the the game introduces itself as you know you pick a, a faction card or, or a ruler or something like that and you're trying to be the new like timeless king or something like that timeless ruler uh, of this land right and you can conquer territory and you know gain knowledge and influence so you can do that but it wasn't really manifested through the actions you're really just trying to say okay well i can you know put this worker on here three times on the 45 second timer and then flip it to the two minute one in order to get this and you know i was playing this one faction that um was uh, something the arbiter and it was like he does there's a whole background about him saying you know he doesn't want to fight or anything like that and all that really influenced was how many spots i needed to move one of my little um you know chips along a track so there wasn't really a, a tangible theme to the actions i was taking um it was a, a bright it wasn't like a bad game but there wasn't a lot of tie into i didn't feel like i was you know doing something different than anybody else was i was just trying to take the most efficient worker placement path i guess yeah because if you were introducing this game to somebody you're just wasting your time and breath trying to set up this backstory because it's meaningless with the gameplay the whole conquering territories the territories is literally a card and it literally a decision would you like extra blue resources or would you like extra red resources <laughs> and that's literally the game gain these different colored resources like and and then who has the most resources wins or gets to do different actions um it's it's not necessarily a horrible game. It's uninspired, I would say. All right. Um, well, this is going to be an easy one for me. I'm voting I, for Pendulum and Full Send as themeless because I absolutely adore Lorenzo, and I feel like I am pomper and I am posh when I'm playing Lorenzo, and I have my high flute and music playing on in the background, and I feel like I can sip some tea when I'm playing it. So 
Well, it's good. Uh, that you I have so not imaginative. Sometimes. I have not played Pendulum, so I am going to go with Lorenzo. Even though I do love oh. the game, it's a good themeless game. Oh, how does that feel, Matthew? <laughs> it's the wrong choice. All right, All right. Stephen. Well, as far as like tacked on themes goes, I think this definitely has to be Pendulum. Like there is basically nothing there. You're just collecting these colors of stuff. There's very little theme. Pendulum, send it. All right, Pendulum gets the sweep there. Now we have Nidavellir, which we've already introduced, versus Newton, another heavy game. Coming yeah, from so Newton is from the minds of these Italian designers. Um similar to the the ones who have worked on Alma Mater and Gollum and Grand Austria Hotel. Um, so it's a very mechanically heavy game, uh, but it's one of their earlier ones. Uh, when I say earlier ones, it's still with relatively newer, um, but they weren't as focused on theme integration as I think now when you look at they've done Grand Austria Hotel and that they've worked on stuff like uh, um, Darwin's Journey and different games like that, these Italian designers have realized that integrating theme into the reasoning and their mechanics is a, makes a lot more enjoyable experience. But Newton is literally the track efficiency uh, action builder, the board game. Because um, the theme is like you're supposed to be the students and, research and, and the researchers in the time of Newton going out and exploring a map uh, to gain knowledge to help you grow in your renown and in your knowledge but essentially track movement moving around a map to gather resources to optimize your player actions because it has like an action tableau that you get to build and so like you get to customize the actions and the strength of actions when you take those so it's really interesting uh integration of mechanics and so if you just want a, a geary mechanic game it's great but if I never mentioned anything about theme or why you're doing that, it would make no bearing or impact on anything you're doing. And plus, it's just very beige. It is a very beige hero. All right, what are you guys thinking with this, Stephen? Well, I have not played Newton yet, um, so I can't really weigh in on that. But if I know anything about beige euros, <laughs> they're just real plain. So I'm going to uh, vote for Newton. I'm going to go... Uh, I've played both of them, and I, I like the theme of Nidalear. You know, you're going to these different taverns, and you're picking up, you know, the miner who's having his, not a miner as in a young person, a miner as in someone who's been working <laughs> in a mine. Um, just important clarification, who's having, you know, his, his ale after his hard day's work, and, and he's going to score you some points. So I'm going to have to go with Newton. Send it. Yeah, even though Newton is a far superior game, um, I the, the, far superior, Matthew. You are delusional, my friend. You think Nidavellir is a better game than Newton? Absolutely. 100%. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, catch me outside. I'm gonna vote for Newton though, with the just uh, missed opportunity on the theme. All right. I'm gonna go for Nidavellir, even though Newton's gonna win here. I'm gonna stand by it. All right. So we got Century Spice Road. Oh, these are just, these are both and five tribes. Yeah. Both I, right I, there in the Middle East. I know. This Five Tribes was my nomination for this list. I absolutely adore the game. It's one of my favorite. It's like, hey, let's play a game that's like a competitive puzzle type game. Five Tribes is going to be it for me. I haven't even played any of the expansions with it, which I need to get. And I still love uh, the game, the whole concept of picking up your workers or these little meeples and moving around the board and like re, re 
recreating the landscape and the playable action. So not only are you taking your action, you want to take your action in such a way that's going to set you up for future actions, but are your opponents going to see it? Or do you end with your meeple? Because you can either get cards or you can do assassination actions or collect meeples for victory points or buy gins or genies. Um, so it's a fantastic game, but you can't explain any of the actions that you're doing with this Moncala uh, mechanic by the theme. So we're like... A, Imagine the setting of Aladdin, right? That's kind of the, the setting that we're in. But picking up meeples, dropping meeples, capturing a tile, um, buying a power card. I can't explain any of it by the setting that we're in. It doesn't make any sense other than labeling some stuff as thematic. Like some of your power-up cards are called gins, and one of your characters is called an assassin or someone who's at the market. Um, yeah, but assassins kill other people. Yeah, how, but that's nothing. That? That's nothing specific to the the Arabian Nights and Arabian Tales type setting there. Um, so it's a pretty pasted on theme that is useless in explaining it in the mechanics for a great game. All right. Uh, so Matthew, where or or John or whoever, where are you guys feeling with this one? I'm gonna go with. Um, See, I kind of like the theme of Five Tribes, but that was yeah. just maybe, you know, me, I enjoyed Mancala as a kid. So, you know, connecting, it like was like a thematic like of version most, of Mancala. Yeah, I feel like Mancala was one of the most, my most played games that I had no <laughs> idea what was going on. Exactly, time. right. It was just like moving pieces back and forth. So so I'm going to go Century Spice Road on that one, mainly just because, um, you know, I enjoy the little palm trees. You get the the camels and, and moving your little, uh, yeah. your little dudes around. Steven? I think I'm going to go have have to go with uh, Sentry on this as well. Five Tribes does have, the theming is light, but it does have, you know, a few kind of thematic ties. Like we said, the assassin, you can take out other meeples. The merchant lets you uh, go to the market and collect certain uh, resources. And then the ninja will let you convert your resources there into diamonds. There is no ninja, right? Matthew, because it's theme. Where'd you find a ninja in the Arabian desert? No, no. it doesn't matter. That's my whole point. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I do think Century Spice Road, though, is thinner. I had to pick games. Like, I don't, I feel like in my top, like, 20, 30 games, Century 40 Spice games, Road. I don't have a super great, big number of, like, really themeless games. All right, all so right. Confluence and Five Tribes. So we've already explained all these. I absolutely going to full send it on Sidereal Confluence for being uh, way more themeless. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you on that one. I feel like um, Steven's comments on the asymmetric um factions and how that influences your actions um I, I think was one thing that that would sway me one way right five tribes everyone's kind of doing the same thing yeah there's some theme on it, it's a little lighter but i feel like sidereal confluence has a little bit more depth to um the theme and how that theme in turn influences your actions i think for me i'm gonna go a little bit against my own intuition here but the Sidereal Confluence, I legitimately think I would enjoy the game more if it was themed differently. Like if it was themed after cakes or even generic trading the Mediterranean with cloth and, and spice and whatever, I think I would enjoy the game more. And especially if the like components were more than just like faceless cubes and stuff like that. So I'm going Sidereal Confluence. So I want to make it clear. My vote was for five tribes to be the thinner game, not Sidereal Confluence. Okay. And my vote is for five tribes as well. Tiebreaker, roll that dice. Do it. 18. 18 is the shortest playtime. Mm. 
which I think would be five tribes. Five tribes. Yep. My, it might have been Sidero Confluence if we were all less stubborn and what didn't try to rake out every last little deal. All right, so this one we've got Royals versus Dominion. I think, is this the first time Dominion's come up? It is. Okay, so Dominion is the classic, the original uh, deck-building game. It is set, I guess, in the, the Middle Ages or the Dark Ages, and you, it's a lot like Lorenzo where you go out and you get a village to put on your deck and that village lets you draw two more cards. Why does it let you do it? Who knows? Um, or you might go and get a tavern or whatever. So the theme is just um, completely removed. And I think this is one, Dominion is one of my favorite like classic games, but um, I think this probably is one of the most removed from the game. And it is up against Royals here. What are you guys thinking? I'm definitely going to vote for Dominion because at least the bare minimum with Royals is that I feel like I'm conquering something which is thematic to being a prince or a duke. Like Dominion could literally just be a blank white card that has the text, draw one card. <laughs> yeah. And literally a blank white card that says, gain three points. That's that's all you need to play Dominion is blank white cards with black text. Uh, I mean, what's the one card that you can curse somebody with? Is that the witch? The witch. That one's pretty thematic. Yeah. You're throwing out curses there. But other than that, all. I'll agree. Well, that doesn't sound like a mechanic in a game I want to play with. It's just random cursing players. It sounds a little too much like Talisman. And we all know that in Talisman, if one can become a frog, one will become a frog. It's a deeply thematic game. Talisman is a great one. All right. So, uh, Matthew, you said Dominion. John? Um, I'm going to go Royals on this just because I've played Dominion so much. I I think the the medieval theme does it for me a little more than Royals. This is more of, I think Royals is more bland than I think Dominion is from a theme perspective. All right, Stephen. I'm going to have to go with Dominion here. I think there are a few thematic cards, like we mentioned the Witch, and there might be, you know, like a Mint or something that lets you upgrade your money. Um, But by and large... Is like the village draw two cards, man. These are two games that I submitted, and it's a tough choice because uh, I, I love both of these games, but I'm going with Dominion. All right, and we've got Pendulum versus Hadara. Okay, I'm hyped out of my mind. This is one of the first times I've gotten like Hadara on any list that we've talked about, and this is one of my favorite games to introduce to new people. Um, it is essentially like stat building the board game. So you are going around and there are two very interesting like draft phases um, where you have, uh, you're you're drafting cards to increase like four different stats. And that's like your military, uh, your income, your culture, and your food. Um, And really like there, so there are essentially just those different colors and you're drafting those and that card um, increases that color. And there's a few uh, other mechanisms um, for scoring in the game, but uh, there's like, you know, other than military being red, there's not really anything on the cards that say, oh, well, you know, it's not even like archery or something that would like give you, it's literally just a generic picture. No, this, is, this is a language independent game. It's literally um, symbols and collecting more of those symbols to get more symbols and get money. That's that's really it. There's no there's no words. There's just there are pictures. There there's some nice artwork which you yeah, can the artwork you is can infer great. what it is you're purchasing or drafting. But that's it. All right. So what are you guys thinking up against Pendulum? Um, well, these are both bad. <laughs> it's an impossible decision. Um, I'm going to go with Pendulum. 
because uh, I do feel in Hadara as civilization, you are going out and conquering and using your military to conquer different villages or to um, put them into your service or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I'm going to vote for Pendulum as having less theme. Yeah, and again, I haven't played Hadara, so take it with a grain of salt. But um, I would you say you haven't played Hadara. I haven't. We no. need to fix that. Let's do it immediately. I have not played either. What? Oh, after this, that's what's happening. Well, I I think Pendulum mainly just based on the fact I think the the time aspect of it limits your ability to try to make you know or even develop a theme around the game or, or you know what you're going to be trying to do. So I definitely go Pendulum. Yeah, I'm just going to have to go Pendulum here. I haven't played Adara, but I know how disconnected Pendulum is, so it's got my vote. Well, I, I'll i go with Hadar on here, just a champion, and I want to issue a personal apology for not introducing that game to you guys. All right, we're going Pendulum. Next is Lorenzo versus Hadara. Matthew, you want to help me out with Hadara? Yeah, this is going to be an easy one. I'm going to vote for Hadara. Let's go Hadara. What are you guys doing? Well, Stephen, neither you or I have played Dodara, so this might be... Um, going to a tiebreaker? Going to a tiebreaker. I'm just going to go Lorenzo because it's the game I've played. I don't know. I might actually defer to them on Hadara. Uh, the theming in Lorenzo is very light, but there is at least some there. We're going Hadara. Ooh, baby. All right. We got Century Spice Road versus Newton. I'm going to go with Century Spice Road. It's a better game. Century Spice Road. Send it. Steven? I do love me some spices, so let's go with Century Spice Road. All right, Century Spice Road. I should have put Golem Edition on here. It is the better edition, but it's it's too thematic. Next here is Five (laughs) Tribes versus Newton, and uh, these are both two that I picked, and but between the two of them, I think Five Tribes is a better theme, so I will vote Newton. Yeah, I'm going to say the same thing, Matthew. I'm going to go Newton. Send it. Well, I just hate beige euros, so I'm going to say Newton. <laughs> all right, let's all go Newton. I agree. Five Tribes has a little bit more theme, and it's more fun. All right, Five Tribes versus Nidavellir. This one's not even close. Challenge. This is even you said Assassins versus Colors. I'm going to go with Colors being less theme, so I'm going to vote Nidavellir. It's not. It's not Colors. The minor They're score exponentially because <laughs> the more of them that you have, the higher chance it is that you're going to hit a diamond. Yes, come on. Come on. And then bro. the hunters, the more hunters you have, you're going to get exponentially more food. Which the blacksmiths, the, the green ones. I can't tell. Uh, if you know. look, they got little weapons on them, and the back of the rule book says they're hunters. All the cards were just gray with like a little. John's The whole point there. is that all that you, that you just said does not matter, and I can still win the game. And careful with your term minor. Oh, all right. Well, I'm going to go five tribes on this one. I don't know what it is. I want to, I'm going to go Nidavellir. I think just because I enjoy that game more. I'm going Nidavellir. I want it to be higher up on the list. Higher up on the list of not good themed games? Of higher up on the list. Of, okay. That means it won. <laughs> that's that's it cool. What it I mean, is, man. Well, we should have just put QE on this game and shot it to the top. QE for is definitely thematic. QE is not a game, so. That, thank you, Steven. It is an activity. Yeah. You guys are delusional. <laughs> All right. What are you, so we got two for Nidavellir. I'm going Nidavellir. Nidavellir. Five Tribes versus Ooh. Splendor. Yeah, Splendor has less theme here. Um, Same. If it could be a cake game, it's got Sp- less theme. <laughs> Splendor. Splendid cakes, man. It needs to happen. Splendor. Oh, Splendor. Splendid cakes. That would be good. All right. Splendor it is. We're going Pendulum versus Dominion. I, I'm I'm going to go Pendulum on this one. 
I just I think Dominion has a crumb of theme that you can actually think about while you're playing the game. I will always vote for Dominion. I mean, sorry for Pendulum, whatever it goes against. So Pendulum <laughs> in perpetuity has my vote. Steven, what are you going with? I think it's got to be Dominion here. It, uh, there's like so many thematic uh, deck builders out there now. And Dominion is kind of like the granddaddy of all deck builders. It's still the best one. And it started, you know, the deck builder craze, but it's just, there's no theme there. I'm going with Dominion too. I think it should be that's a, king that's a tie on then. this one. That's a tie. We got to roll the oh, dice. I thought, wait, oh, I won oh, pendulum. You pendulum. All right, hang on. We got to back this up. We're doing a tiebreaker. What is that number? Number eight. Number eight is the most green box, which oh, is Dominion. Dominion. There we go. Deserve to win. For shame. Going pendulum versus royals. Pendulum. I, these are these are two of the games that I was thinking about. I'll, I'll have to go pendulum on this one just because you know you could argue for the theme, like Stephen was saying, of you know gathering some blackmail on these. <laughs> Um, these royals out there in, in Europe. So pendulum. I guess so. I guess so. I did, here's the thing. I just am torn between like, do I want, you know, my favorite game to be higher or lower up on this list? You told oh, me, Brady, you're doing this it is the wrong way. list. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with pendulum. I've never played it, but it, I, I've never played it. And I don't want to play it. So that, that's why I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm going pendulum as well. All righty. Hadara versus Royals. Break my heart, everybody. Break I would heart. rather play Hadara than I would Royals. So I'm going to vote really? Royals. Really? That surprises me. You, I remember you were surprised at how good, uh, how much you enjoyed Royals. Compared to Ticket to Ride, yes, Brady. But that's not setting the bar very high. I, re- I remember Matthew, the game I'm of hurt. Royals we played. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was going to say, I'm, I'm hurt from Matthew, which it actually surprises me because I feel like you've just crapped on both of these games. Mm-hmm. I was right. going to say, when we were playing Royals, he was sitting next to me and just throwing his cards down, and then I ended up beating him by only three points to win the game at the end of it. So um, I don't know how much he enjoyed his play of Royals, but I'm going to go with Royals for um, less theme based on how you described Hadar, but again, I haven't played it. So, All right. What about you, Stephen? I think I'm going to have to go with Royals as well. What is that? So that's three for Royals? Is All right. I'm going to go with Hadara. Boop. You hit the wrong one. We Video voted Royals. Just, just a tyrant. He's, right, he's trying to, to know. fudge the numbers. Stop right. the count. We are going um, Hadara versus Gizmos. I'm I'm still going to stick with Hadara having more themes, so I'm going to vote Gizmos. Wait, you just explained how you, when you played Gizmos, that you were like... At the science fair. Yeah, at the science fair, and you felt like... I didn't it. say it was a very strong feeling. <laughs> It was a feeling. It was just a tinkling, you know. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with the Imperial was it a good Conquest. Science fair. It was like a first grade yeah. science fair. <laughs> These kids were just trying to stand up straight. Uh, right. I'm gonna go with uh, Gizmos. I'm gonna go with Hadara as the better game with the tacton theme. Steven. I'm gonna have to go with Gizmos. I mean, the it's just purely colors. I, I trust Steven's logic, and it is infallible. So I'm going with Gizmos. Gizmos. I guess Hadara being at the top of the list doesn't bother me too much. All right, we're going against Dominion versus Century Spice Road. I feel like these are pretty on par with each other. I'm going to stick with Century Spice Road as having less theme. Yeah, I'm going to have to just maintain my my logic and integrity of of rooting for Dominion at least a little bit and go with Century Spice Road as less theme. 
Yeah, I think out of these two, the minion is very light, but Sentry is basically non-existent, so we'll, uh, we'll go with Sentry. No, 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 no. So if you look closely, especially on the Golem Edition, whenever, if this you look at the, the Golem Edition, the fact Brady, that you can say Golem Edition and have no mechanical change in play proves our point. So whenever you look at the pictures on the card and it's like, oh, you change three, you know, red cubes to three green cubes, it has like little merchants on there, like exchanging those two just colors. Just sucks you right in. Art yeah. isn't theme. It, it it comes out in the theme. All right. So we're going with Century Spice Road on this one. I, I'm going to champion for Dominion. I'm, I'm the voice of the people over here. All right. Dominion versus Newton. Um, I'm still going to stick with Newton having far less theme. I think maybe because Newton, it has the, one of the biggest disparity between way the mechanics and then just the blandness and non-existence of theme. It's just so vast that it's just really noticeable. So I'm going to uh, vote for Newton as being So you're saying like a, a game that is that like heavy should have more theme to it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go with Newton. Final answer. Uh, I wish I'd even played Newton to like really weigh in on these, but I think I'm going to say Dominion here just because I, I, I wish it was more thematic. I'm going to go with Dominion as well. You know what that means. Oh my gosh. Number two. We already picked that one. That was Brady's choice. We're going with number four, which is Steven's choice. Dominion it Dominion is. Dominion it is. All right. P- uh, pendulum versus oh, Newton. I'm, I'm going to go Pendulum on this one. Pendulum. 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 Compare that to how sad the I said the theme sweep. was in Newton. Then we have Pendulum. <laughs> All right. Royals versus Newton. This is Royals. A, this is a tough one, but I think I'm going to have to go with the Royals here. Yeah, because at, at least the very, you could say in Newton, you're going up these tracks and you're learning and you're you're teaching your students. Royals, it's play three green cards. That's it. All right, we're going another clean sweep here on Royals. Uh, Gizmos versus Newton. I'll definitely say Gizmos here. Yeah, Gizmos for me as well. Me as well. All right. Um, I'll go Gizmos as well. I, I've played it, and it just didn't excite me, which is probably a testament to, to how tacked on that theme was. Gizmos. All right, Hadara versus Newton. We're really getting into these heavy hitters here. Um, <laughs> it's like, which one is darker, black or black? <laughs> it's just a different shades. Um, gosh. I, I, Hadar, it has to be Hadar. Me. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to maintain my Bejiro dislike and vote for Newton. I would uh, vote for Newton as well, and I'd like to mention that a new update was just published by uh, Mythic Battles Ragnarok. Wow. Very important. All right, that (laughs) means we're on another tiebreaker here. That is number 10. We've already done that one. That was alphabetical. Number 10 again. Number 9, most yellow box, and that is Hadara. Well, that's not the original box for Hadara, Brady. Well, it's a box that's on the screen right now, so I think that's like the (laughs) Europe edition. Where's Matthew's choice? Is that even on the list? Yeah, Matthew, because I put you at number 1. Oh, pretty want to cry. <laughs> All right, now we have the battle of the Italian perfection. Uh, Lo- Lorenzo of Magnifico versus Newton. So excited! Oh my gosh! I, these are the things that keep me awake at night because my heart be still. My heart. Um, 
Lorenzo is phenomenal, and why it's on this list, you Yahoo's nominated it. Uh, so I'm going to vote for Newton. I think I'm going to go with Newton as well. I just enjoy Lorenzo so much. I, I'm going to go with uh, Lorenzo on this one because I enjoyed the the little book collection from Newton and how you got to fill your libraries and shelves to gain some more knowledge more than uh, oh. trying to see how buff I was going to be or how many servants I needed to carry I'm me up the stairs. shocked that you can even remember a single me- me- mechanism <laughs> in Newton, honestly. You don't remember how to play the game? No, not at all. See, that's I'm the pretty sure Brady. I won that game. Like these games are constantly just playing in my mind. Oh my word! Must be a very dry place up there. <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'm just messing. Someone uh, bring your I'm watering for, pot. Uh, yeah, bring some water. All right, I'm gonna vote for Lorenzo. Lorenzo, I'm going with Lorenzo as well. That's two, two. Here we go, Ski. Uh, so we each select a champion for paper, rock, scissors. Why don't you rock, two... paper? Why do you say it backwards? I don't know. I, rock, do I paper, say scissors. it's paper, rock, scissors? It's rock, paper, scissors. Scissors, rock, paper. The new kids are saying. I, rock, paper, scissors, lizard, spot. All right. Oh, yeah. Who who wants to do this? Matthew versus Steven for Lorenzo. We're going All right. paper, All right. rock, scissors, now, listen, shoot. We're doing this clean, one shot, one kill, okay? Right, gonna we're going to count rock, paper, scissors, and then we're going to say shoot, and we're going to commit, and there's no going to be no finagling over there, okay? All no right. finagling. I'm, I'm expecting no finagling. I'm going to play rock, okay? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right, we've tied on scissors. All right, here we go. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Gosh, freaking darn it. <laughs> See, <laughs> the thing is, you, you tried to Which use the that, same trick right. that Jacob used on you last and week and we succeeded on. we have the list. Oh, baby. It's here. I really hope a game uh, All right. is on top. Read it to me. All right. You hope a game oh. is number one on this we list. We were close. Okay, so our two honorable mentions our sidereal confluence is last, so that means it is the the most thematic game out of these. That is crazy. All right, so then we have five tribes. I can agree with mm-hmm. that. Splendor at number ten makes absolute sense. I like that. And then we have Nidavellir, Newton at number uh, eight, Lorenzo Il Magnifico at number seven, Hadara at number six, Gizmo number five. Four is Royals. I can appreciate that. Pendulum at number three, Dominion, and then Century Spice Road. How are you guys feeling about this? I think it's a good top five. I just think Pendulum should have been number one. I think Splendor should actually be higher on that list. Yeah, yeah. I would I would personally put my top three as as Splendor and um, Pendulum, and then either Century Spice Road or, or Royals, but. Um, yeah, I, I guess it I put close. more weight on like wanting or like games that I would enjoy playing that also have attacked on theme. So for me, those top two are just yeah. For on. me, when I voted, it was irregardless. Or re- sorry, that's not a word. I don't think regardless. <laughs> it's a word. It's not a very good one. Yeah, regardless of the quality of play, it's just these are average to good games, um, and so it's just which ones are just most bland. All right. Um, so, if you want to get yourself into some themeless but good games, go from top to bottom of this list. Those top three, I, th- I don't know, with Pendulum. <laughs> I don't know about Pendulum. We're not recommending not Pendulum. Out. Uh, the, okay, let me rephrase this. This is um, average to good with one extremely poor game thrown into the mix. All right, so then out of all of these, which one is personally more highest rated for each one of you? Of the ones we dra- nominated to be on the list? Sure. Or any of them. I don't understand your question. Which one would you rather play right now? Oh, on this list, uh, Lorenzo. 
Mm. I'm going with Hadara. It's I, good. I would say Inevitably uh, or Dominion. I would want to play. I'm from glad that Dominion list. made somebody's list. You know, I think I might actually pick out Dominion just because I haven't played it in like I don't know five, six years or something. It's been yeah. a long time. It's a good game. It's good. I, I'm so tempted to get the second edition of it, even though I have the first, the first edition of it, just because. And this ties into the theme of it. In the first edition of it, all of the um, like coin cards are all gold, and that is so hard to explain to new people. And in the new edition, it's like copper, silver, and gold. Totally wow, it's like, changes. It's like the you're thing. right there. I know, <laughs> right there in the Middle Ages. All right, so that concludes our top ten games with very little to no theme. So let's transition into. Um, toward, we are towards the end. Hopefully, we'll finish this by um, by the end of April, even though we're doing a March Madness thing. So I will give you guys um, the guest uh, list there, and you can um, come up with which ones you thought won out of the top four. I've got my list. We've got Matthew's list. So um, what are you guys thinking for top we're cur- uh, two there. Well, what's the current active four? Um, I know Terraforming Mars is still in play, uh, and I know uh, Pandemic is still in play. Did Wingspan make it out of the um, the first uh, yes. category bracket? So, so we, we got Wingspan and have, Terraforming so we Mars going. have a bit of an amendment because last week we, the results like weren't quite in, and so um, did we, Gloomhaven beat our Wingspan? No, no, you're way uh, back there. Oh. So uh, when we thinking. checked in last week, uh, Ticket to Ride was actually beating Wingspan by seven votes. But uh, and, Lunacy. Yeah, and so Wingspan did end up making uh, uh, at least a seven-vote comeback um, for that, and so Wingspan is actually in top four. So in the semifinals, we have Wingspan and Terraforming Mars, and that's facing off against Pandemic and... Pandemic and... Where's my official sheet at? Pandemic and Castles of Burgundy. Okay. Uh, so my two that I'm going to have coming out of this is Terraforming Mars, I believe, is going to beat Wingspan, and I think Pandemic is going to beat Castles of Burgundy. And it blows my mind that somehow that game made it to top four board games of all time. What, Pandemic? No, uh, Castles of Burgundy. <laughs> yeah, Castles of Burgundy, it's a it's a very okay game. Um, mm-hmm. It's not bad, and I think it's kind of regarded as one of Feld's you know, best game. I definitely want to give still, it a shot. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's okay. <laughs> so it's no Skull King. What are your yeah, all's you final answers over there for uh, these? Two? I'm gonna call an upset with Wingspan beating Terraforming Mars. Do I really, truly, in my heart of hearts, think it's gonna happen? No, but I am pulling for it. And then I think Pandemic will win. Okay, so uh, and you think Pandemic will win at all, or or no? Or we'll win this next okay, round. Sorry. Yep. Uh, okay, so it ended up being Terraforming Mars and Pandemic. Are those five points apiece? Those are... Yeah, those has to be... Yeah, yeah, those are five points apiece. Woo! <laughs> All right, I'm so pumped. <laughs> I was like, dude, I thought that my bracket was going to be absolutely destroyed after that first or second round, but somehow I think Terraforming I'm Mars lying. and Pandemic were the two that I picked to be going to the championship, and they are the two going, correct? So yes, I'm pretty excited got, about that. I did get five points for my Pandemic there, um, but I, I ended up putting Scythe on the on my side versus pandemic. So I lost that out real hard there. Um, 
So, who do we think is going to win between Pandemic, all of Pandemic, and Terraforming Mars? Well, I, I do feel that that is a little faulty for them to put all of Pandemic together. Um, but I still have Terraforming Mars being my homeboy. Um, so, I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to change it up. And Terraforming Mars, I think it's going to be Pandemic. And this would be like, what, the third or fourth year that Terraforming Mars would have won it if they do? Yeah, and it just kind of shocks me. I, I, I don't understand why this game is winning, uh, like so many years in a row. It like it is a good game, but it is not like stellar or amazing. Stephen, will you please correct our misguided friend here? I would call it a, a very good game. I mean, it has um, a very large selection of cards. So every card in Terraforming Mars is unique. So that's one thing. Um, I do dislike in games uh, where you have a lot of duplicate cards that you end up playing. Yeah. We actually played Maracaibo this past week, and I was thinking about it afterwards, and I realized that was probably the thing that bugs me the most about that game is you are sort of building an engine with cards, but the most effective engine you can build is literally just playing the same card yeah, over and I've over figured that to out multiply too, those actions, which is really disappointing, um, yeah. and you don't even have that option in Terraforming Mars. I think Terraforming Mars, and again, this is why I I give um, Lost Runes of Arnak such high praise, is because the production value is so good, even though the game is like good and not great. And so Terraforming Mars is I maybe it's a great game versus a good game, but the production value is abysmal in that game. It, like if if they launched that game with the you know Kickstarter Deluxe Edition or whatever, and they got halfway decent artwork for the cards, it would be it would be a lot higher on my list, but. And but we're getting there. Not too much longer. I think it's on the ship. I guess headed so, there. But it's won the past four years in a row, not the. So just know, imagine the, the how next. many more years it's going to win when we have 3D printed miniatures and like little actual nuclear bombs and wastelands and domes and ships Those, and metal resources and yes, card holders that should have, and it should big have box been that, expansion. It should have been that right off the bat. Those Think of those player sheets in the base game. They did not have recess. Yeah, but now we have we have recess play dual layered recess player boards. We have uh, miniature first player tokens. I mean, I know, and you didn't have any of that in the beginning, and it still continued to win. It's, I, it's not about the destination; it's about the journey. We have to appreciate where we've been, where we are going, but also the struggle of getting there. I, I wonder if more. part of it too for its uh, popularity is that it. I believe is regarded as one of the best solo games out there. That and Mage Mage Knight, I feel like from a lot of commenters that I've listened to, they really love Mage Knight. But I play Terraforming Mars solo many times just because it's it's it works really really well. And what well the one Nerd. thing I don't like the one thing I don't like about the solo is like you're not really competing against anything other than yourself. Like you do want to hit like a certain score. Uh, but each, like Praga. <laughs> yeah. But each time you want to do better, whereas like Maracaibo, I think, is the greatest solo game I played because you are actually competing against a actual living AI in the game. Uh, because An the AI, actual living AI. Yes, <laughs> it's a ship. Uh, because you have another ship on the board, but you, you're flipping over these AI cards. And so this ship is going to those quests and grabbing them first. It's going to those action spots and claiming it first. And so you literally have an AI that is literally, you are racing against physically and in point scoring. Um, but it is still a good solo, and you can still do the draft variant solo as well. Um, but about so, a lot a large portion of the votes for terraforming Mars kind of come in because it 
functions as a good solo game, but it also functions very well as a multiplayer game. Up so to five. that wide appeal. Yeah, and I think, too, what makes Terraforming Mars really cool is because I don't think it came out of the gate swinging like these games do now, like big press and everyone's hyped out about it. Uh, I think it just kind of came out from Stronghold Games, and they probably didn't know they had just a, a, just a juggernaut on their hands when they first released it. Based and on the uh, money they spent on its production quality. It, I'd be led to you think, feel like no. they did not think it was going to succeed. No, at least you but, agree with me But it's so cool that, like, the community appreciates and they recognize quality mechanics and gameplay because there was like a groundswell of just the gaming community loved this game so much that it's uh, spawned additional expansions and player boards for it and additionally now a big box storage and upgraded like the love and desire of a quality game. And I think that still shows we, although we still ended up getting Terraforming Mars to a pimped out version, we still loved the game and adored it even when it was in its... I can't touch my player board because then I lose two hours worth of gameplay because I bumped off my pieces. Um, so it is pretty cool. And I think because of that, I think it gets a lot of love. But Pandemic is just every big box retailer has some version of Pandemic in it as well. So it has the numbers game on it. So it's going to be tight yeah. and interesting. I think both would be a well-deserved winner. But for I my personal say, competitive sake, I want Terraforming Mars to win. Am I, as far as like, I don't love base Pandemic, um, but like, some of my most memorable um, gameplay experiences were playing Pandemic Legacy Season 1, and I loved that. So I'm rooting for Pandemic here. And I'm definitely going for uh, Terraforming Mars. Uh, even though I have played none of Pandemic, I just know how much I love Terraforming Mars. And I'm interested because <laughs> I didn't even know you could play it solo. So, If you have no friends. All righty. Well, does anyone have any other thoughts or anything interesting you've been seeing on either anything dropping new on Kickstarter? I know John is literally updating us every second that uh, uh, Mythic Battles Ragnarok is uh, dropping a new uh, uh, exclusive or release or an update or stretch, stretch goal. Goals, yeah. yeah, and so I'm just waiting for him to tell us, well, gentlemen, I finally went on the four or $500 version of this game. And just I just feel so sorry for you because you're just you're so excited now, and I just I want I the game to be really you, good. I can just see you like lying awake at night, like they, staring at your phone, going, "Oh, it's just going to be six more months before I get it." No, they said they said in the Kickstarter June of next year, probably earlier. So. John, see, I Brady, know what Brady knows they this said because Brady has experienced this already with those swords. So yeah. it's not going to happen to it's me. No, so it's not. If I give them enough money. They will ship it on time. No. I am that important. It's every, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly how they make their money on Kickstarter. It's every um, every Kickstarter I have. I I just I just every email I get. It's like, oh, we're so sorry. We hate to announce this, but we've got another three month delay on the. Ironically, thing. Like, don't even talk to me until you're until the box is on my doorstep i i haven't gotten my upgrading components for dune yet and those yes, were supposed to come exactly. in in march yeah when did they when did they say those were coming in yeah i thought they were coming in when i got the game in december but i was mistaken you should have just given them more money because clearly that solves <laughs> yeah. all the problems for it like uh even a game that obviously is it's got a lot of really good production quality design in it but oath uh, from Leader Games and, and Cole Worley, was supposed to be here in January. And here we are pushing into the fifth month of the year already. And of course, that has to do with COVID and all that stuff. Um, but 
Um, Distance does make the heart grow. Yeah, and and it does make your expectations go through the roof. And so, like Brady, I'm (laughs) I want Oathsworn just to be really good, just for the amount of like pain and suffering and champing you've been doing for this game. I want it to be great so much. I'm I'm still excited for it. I'm just I'm nervous to play. Like I'm honestly nervous to play for it because I just don't know how you are going to cope and handle if it is not. Like the just the amount of just crushed spirit I will see in your face when you play through the first session of it and you just go, Oh. So that's it. I pray that's not what happens. I'm pretty confident. I think it has a really good from what I've seen and I've put a lot of effort into researching it because I've had so much time on my hands in between uh the Kickstarter and the release. Years. Um yeah, that I like. I, I really do think it'll strike the perfect balance between like good story and then good like sort of combat mechanics, which is what I was looking for in that style of game. Yeah. So we'll just keep patiently waiting. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I think that's going to be it for this week's episode. As always, I'm Matthew. I'm Brady. I'm Stephen. And I'm John. And this has been the, the discussion, discussion phase. phase. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Discussion Phase. If you're in content and like to hear more, make sure to tune back every week for new episodes dropping. If you'd like to keep up to date on the newest games and reviews and things that we're doing, follow us on Instagram at the Discussion Phase or join in the discussion yourself and let us know what you think on these topics at discussionphase at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>